believe there's a way to build your real estate business that feels right to you, where our thoughts, words, emotions, and actions are all aligned. Welcome to the Authentic Agent Podcast, a place where we help the motivated but lost professional cut through the industry noise and find intention and purpose. We've worked with thousands of real estate agents on business development and strategies to increase their performance and build professional trust by taking consistent, strategic, and most importantly, authentic action that feels right to them. We believe that our businesses grow in direct proportion to how much we grow as people and by intentionally working on ourselves and our business, we can raise the standard of professionalism for our entire industry. I'm Brandon Tracy. I'm here to help you find clarity and build momentum so you can take on the challenges of our industry with confidence and joy. Authentic Agent is about growing, learning, and being an agent for authenticity in your life and business. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Authentic Agent. I'm joined today by my good friend and business partner, CEO of BTG Real Estate, Kyle Bates. Welcome back to the podcast, Kyle. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Always happy to be here. Yeah. Looking forward to having your voice back on the podcast going forward. Today, we're going to be talking about databases. Not necessarily... Kyle, in the form of like, what database is the best database and, and all of that stuff. We always hear like the deals, like the, the best database is the one that you'll use. You but mean I we're think, not just going to throw out one-liners back and forth for the I'm rest good. of the podcast? <laughs> we <Come> can <laughs> do that. That'd be fun. Some notes and then someone like give us some feedback on the best one-liner. Yeah, I was um, hoping that this would just be a podcast about uh, inspirational quotes we could put on posters. <laughs> Fair enough. I want to talk about specifically how real estate agents, how we have used our CRM to be the most effective business people that we can be and, and really talk about you know, what, what, what are agents missing when it comes to the CRM? Because I think we talk a lot about you know, this, you know, people put all of your, put all your contacts, all your phone numbers and, you know, what's in your phone, what's on your Facebook, put it in your CRM, put it in your database. And I think people kind of grasp the concept of this is where we house everybody that we know and everybody that we meet. But I think that beyond that, it gets really kind of convoluted and confusing about how do you use a CRM to, to really leverage yourself and your business and your communication strategies versus this idea of, hey, this is where leads come in and I set follow-up plans and that's it. So I think the, I I mean, not to interrupt, but I think the thing we need to address right away is the most common misunderstanding which you addressed in there, that this isn't just a digital phone book. Like this isn't just a digital phone book. Like, yes, at its core, that's where you start. You need to start with the digital phone book piece where you get all of the people you know, you trust, the people that care about you in one place, get their contact information, make sure it's fully scrubbed so it's clean. You have their addresses, their emails, their phone numbers, their spouses' names, their birthdays, their anniversaries. Like It's a great place. It's a Palm Pilot. Um, And initially, when we're going through the process of building out a CRM, that's the piece you start with. But there's so much more. There's so much more that's necessary for this to be something that you use every day. Because if it is just that, what it turns into is that that Palm Pilot eventually, that thing that sits in your desk where until you need something, you um, you don't think about it. You just go to it to get a phone number to call someone about something. Uh, yeah. With a CRM, it needs to be something you work out of every day, a place where you house your business, a one-stop shop that makes you feel uh, like you're doing something every time you get in there. And that's what's necessary to separate it from that manual piece to the automated piece. And that's where you need to 
either choose or use or do what you need to do to find the right place for you, the right place to house your contacts and something that's natural to you, something that works well with your uh, work ethic and your work abilities so that you're in there every single day. Avoidance is based on strengths and behavioral styles. So if you, if you analyze it in that sense, you need to think like, where are my strengths? What am I good at? Am I good at having the conversation or am I good at staying on task and making the calls? Usually it's the having the conversation piece for real estate agents. If you have an actual CRM that will then set the calls for you, set the tasks, make sure that you can pursue this with a set it and forget it mindset, you're now going to be a much more productive and better real estate agent and just better friend in general to all these people in there. Yeah. Let's talk about three things you said there. One, I want to address the manual versus automated and really just kind of peel back the layers of the onion there so people understand what we're talking about there. And then of course, you know, natural byproduct of that conversation is going to be this set it and forget it, you know, piece. And I think what we've, what we've done, I think generally what people will do is, you know, they'll put somebody in their database and they'll just kind of depend on the automated aspect of that, the set it and forget it aspect of that. And I think that's where we're missing. We're missing this idea of how your database can be used from a manual perspective to help you keep up with your conversations, your commitments, set tasks for yourself on a daily and weekly basis, reminders of follow-up, reminders of what your conversation was with a person so that your next follow-up, you can reference back to that previous conversation to open the, the current conversation in a quicker and more relational way. So when we go through what it means to work a database in the most effective way, I really think of the automated aspect uh, is leverage the leverage of your communications, the leverage of organizing those communications, what you're saying, when you're saying them, reminding you to say them over and over and over again, which is really, really important. And then two is the, you know, so one being the leverage of automation, and then two is the manual aspect. And Kyle, I think of the manual aspect of the brain of my business, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I know that there's lots of agents out there that feel like me. I get overwhelmed personally, when I have a lot of people to talk to and communicate with. And if I'm trying to organize all of those communications and what my com what commitments I've made to certain individuals, when this appointment is, when I'm supposed to follow up to set this appointment or follow up to deliver this deliverable, um, I, I, reach a, I reach a capacity of what I'm able to do there in pretty short order because I, I don't manage a lot of relationships well on my own. And that's where the database comes in and where most of us are missing is I, I know for you and I, we logged every conversation in our database, right? Yeah. We would sit, we would make our calls, we'd log the calls, we'd log the conversations, we'd log our commitments, we'd set manual follow-up tasks to make sure we delivered on whatever commitments we made, whether that was, hey, I'm going to deliver a CRM, I promise to follow up with you on Tuesday, uh, we have an appointment next Wednesday. We use that manual process to, to set ourselves up for success and make sure that we never missed any yeah, of that comes from a weakness and a, an identified weakness. And I mean, in the simplest terms, it's memory. When you got too much crap going on, when you have too many things going on, if you're not logging that somewhere, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're going to forget a phone call to someone. And next thing you know, they've listed with someone else. You're going to forget to deliver on a C, uh, CMA to somebody. And next thing you know, they're listing with someone else. You're going to forget to show up for a, a showing. 
and everything will fall apart in that relationship because you've lost the trust and confidence from the get-go. Yeah. So logging that is just a, uh, a natural behavior to avoid pain. Like, I think that's such a great place to start, but so many people think that it's an extra step or something they don't want to do because they're too busy. When in reality, it's, it's, uh, what you do to avoid getting too busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that brings up a really excellent point. What you were just saying there, um, the, the aspect of, do you use a CRM to hunt or do you use it to cultivate and how can you use it to do both? Are you hunting for new leads? Are you hunting for new business? And, and to be honest, most of the real estate CRMs out there, um, sell the shiny object of we'll hunt for you. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, we're going to bring leads to you. Mm -hmm. We have this cool, shiny IDX website that's going to bring people in. And then through that hunting, we're going to increase your business tenfold or whatever it may be. Um, that's great. But how do you cultivate it? Because we know how limited the, uh, the leads are that actually come in that are ready to go right away. Your average lead takes six months of follow-up to turn into anything. So that cultivation is such an important piece of this. And it's the essential part of the database. It's how you build a business and a tangible business, something that will feed you for years to come, as opposed to always being that person searching for that next thing. Um, for lack of a better phrase, searching for that next high of a commission check. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, every agent has a database, right? We, we talk to people all the time and they'll say, Oh, I I wouldn't say every, (laughs) yeah, fair enough. But they all have a phone, which I guess is that. Yeah. Of the ones that do have a database though, we hear this all the time. Oh, I have thousands of people in my database. Great. How much business did you do last year? Oh, I sold four homes. Okay. There is zero, like there's no value in having a thousand people in a database. If, if it's not returning business to you, Mm -hmm. right. That having a database is not enough. Having a database is important because that's where we start to organize and hold ourselves accountable to the communication that generates trust in those people. And people don't say yes to us unless they trust us. So we have to have a strategy for one, really just organizing all of these people, um, the people themselves, and then two, organizing the communication strategy. We talk about this all the time, this hunting versus cultivation thing. You have to have both of these things in your business to be successful Mm long-term. And what hunting really comes down to for you and I is that's the finding of new opportunities through client acquisitions uh, strategies or what our industry calls prospecting or lead generation, right? How do I meet people that don't know me yet and and sell them real estate or help them buy real estate, whatever that looks like? We have to have a strategy to go out and hunt and find new people to bring back to our database so that we can transition them from a new person that I met through hunting to a new relationship that I'm cultivating trust in to get me to a place where I can represent them or get a referral. And I think we're missing this idea. We talk about it in our business all the time. Let's major in database and then let's minor in one hunting client acquisition strategy. And for the, for the purpose of this podcast, let's just say hunting for us uh, in our business, hunting is, you know, it can be online leads. It could be open houses. It could be door knocking. It could be whatever the traditional, you know, uh, the traditional strategy is to go out and meet a potential buyer or seller. Mm-hmm. But we miss this massive opportunity that once we meet them, we gain the opportunity to follow up with them, right? We get a phone number, we get a name, we start to build a relationship. We really have to bring that back 
to our database. And then I, I guess from a best practice standpoint, what we used to do is we'd meet somebody at an open house. And if they weren't ready to really take a step with us towards buying or selling in that moment or an appointment for a buyer or seller consultation, then you immediately pivot to the idea of let me earn the right to follow up with you and mm-hmm. build trust so that when you do need somebody to work with, when you do need a, que- a question answered, when you do need a resource in real estate, you know that you can come to me with no obligations and I'm willing to earn that trust and confidence. So what we do is we pivot our focus to the idea of, let me get a name and a contact, contact information, phone number, email, and let me just in this moment, get the right to follow up. And then yeah. what we do is we take that, the, that information, we put it in our database. And you know what you don't do? You don't just put it on some stupid automated plan and set it and forget it. That's why you, ha- that's why you end up having thousands of people in your database and still not selling any real estate. Because the point is not to put it in the database, set it and forget it and let automation. I do want to point out though, that's a good first step because how many people just put it in the database and think that's all they need to do? Like, if you're going to do anything, set them on a stupid automated plan. Like you said, like set them on something, but we need to, to actually value the ability to follow up because at least with that, at least with that small step, you're being proactive instead of reactive. Um, when most people turn into just being that reactive agent to the new opportunity, the new thing. Um, I want to, I want to loop back to what you were talking about in terms of majoring in database and cultivation and minoring in some other hunting client acquisition strategy. The reason we talk about majoring in it, um, is because eventually that's all you need to do. Mm -hmm. If you get to the right place and usually it's about three years based on our experience. Uh, if you are doing this and I hate to even call it the right way, but if you're doing this in the, in the way, the easiest path to a lot of money. You will follow the process. You will make sure that you're being proactive about putting everyone in your your database, setting them on plans, using the manual aspect to stay in touch with them as well, and really cultivating that relationship. If you do that right, after about three years, your business just turns into a cultivation business with no need for hunting. I mean, you can add more in if you're looking to grow it even bigger, but at a certain point, if you do it the right way and work your butt off for three years, you get to a place where it's just the cultivation business. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see a lot of agents just, it looks like they're printing money and printing clients, but then you see them in the office uh, only once in a while. It never seems like they're doing a lot of outbound lead generation. What you're forgetting is the years of work and the uh, commitment to themselves and their business that it took for them to get to that place. Yeah, and then so as a new agent, there, you need to do it. Yeah. And, but as a new agent, you want to come in and you want to skip the process and just arrive where they are. You want to skip the, the two. Like I think of business in terms of there's stages in building a real estate business, right? That, that initial stage is like your startup stage. That's your launch stage. You're doing a lot of hunting in this stage, right? Because this is the part where you're building your community of influence. You're building your database. You're starting to get consistent with your communication strategies. You're developing a certain level of experience. You're using that experience to communicate better to that database. But really that first like two or three years, stage one in a real estate career is you build, 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 you hunt, hunt, hunt. Mm -hmm. And then 
as a result of that, you start to you know pull in clients, you start to earn those clients' trust and respect. They they start to refer you business. Even within three years, they even start to come back to you for either move up, move down, or investment property purchases. So time over task over time really starts to generate additional results. And then stage two of your career is really mastering cultivation. You've built this database. You've built all of these relationships. Now, how can you cultivate that database and all of those relationships to generate a predictable amount of sales every single year that you're really, really happy with? We see that in our business all the time. The agents that are just, it seems like they're on autopilot. They're not. They're working and they're communicating. But in all reality, it's much easier for them because they're not also having to hunt every day. They're past stage one, the building stage. And yeah. too many agents just want to skip that stage. It's like, they're not like, I want to just arrive. I don't want to have to build. I don't want to have to put in that database and that communication and that relationship building work. I just want to arrive at the other side of all of that and get the results. And that just doesn't happen. The majoring thing I love that we 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 have this conversation so much. And this is where I'll push back on you a little bit. Like, if anything, just get the people in the database and get them on an automated program. That's not going to get them to pass stage one. It's a great first step, right? We were just talking about zero to one. It's very important to go from zero to one. But if if we're being really honest, we say master in database, minor in another. Getting people into the database from the open house or from, you know, getting all the contacts out of your phone or wherever it is and into your database. That's like database 101. You're not going to get a degree in database by even getting an A in database 101 class, right? Freshman in college. It, you now have to take what you've done and build on that. Okay. Like how am I going to build relationships with these people? The fact of the matter is you do not build relationships with people through automation, through automated emails or through automated. That's not relationship building. That's validation tools, little marketing hits that validate you as a professional and can play an important role in helping you develop trust and confidence in your database. But we have to remember we're a P2P business. We're people to people. We're doing business with people who want to do business with people they, they have trust and confidence in. So once we get them in the database, then database 201 becomes communication, both in an automated way and a manual way. I am going to communicate purposely with the people in my business. Now, there is an element to like, listen, if you've got a warm person, that person probably shouldn't go on some automated long-term email follow-up. Right, because warm doesn't convert to hot on long-term automation. Warm yeah. converts to hot by you getting in there and discovering what the pain point is. What information does this need? What are they afraid of? What solutions can I bring to the table long before they're ready to buy or sell a property? So that by going through that communication relationship building, they just they just you just build trust in that person, and then you are the natural like result for them. Yep. We're using Kyle to buy our next home because he's just been phenomenal over the last six months. We've had a few questions. He stayed in contact with us. It took you maybe a total of 10 minutes over six months, which might've equaled five total follow-ups or whatever that looked like. But that's what we really want people to understand. Once you get them in your responsibility to cultivating the leads in your database 
is what is going to make the difference between you always having to hunt for new business and getting to a place where you're farming for your whole, your, your business is just on this cultivation. People are coming to you. Referrals are coming to you. That doesn't happen by accident. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, you hit the nail on the head with all of it. And I, I really think it becomes at a certain point, I think everyone knows that they need to do this. Like, I think everyone knows like, okay, I need to, I need to get my CRM all cleaned up. I need to get it all ready to go. And I know my business would be better if I did it, but I don't need to do it right now. I've got too many other things to focus on. It never becomes a priority. Um, I know I told you this, like the way I've always kind of thought of it or what it's felt like every time we've, we've transitioned CRMs or every time we um, do a, a full database scrub, it feels like that feeling of um, walking into a hoarder house and having to clean it up. Like you ever watch an episode of Hoarders and you see like, you see the dead cats, you see the soda cans, <laughs> and you see the, the bags of things you don't even want to know what it is. And it's like, where in the world do I start? Like, how do I start this process? And that's what most databases feel like because most people just treat them like digital phone books. Like they just treat them like, all right, I'm going to put this person in the CRM or I have a hunting tool built into my CRM and now it's feeding in like names, like uh, here's an actual real example. We had Tom Asshat come into our, our database um, <laughs> multiple times and it was in there for a while. And it was like, why do we know this isn't a real person? Or at least we hope for this person's sake, this isn't their real name. Um, and I mean, we've had a lot more vulgar ones that have come in as well, but they end up just saying that in the, data, in the database and their phone number is 555-5555. And the email is nothing at nothing.com. And that just happens. And a lot of people will think like, oh, you have 18,000 people in my database, but half of them are that lead. So you have to go in eventually and actually do this and work it the way you're talking about. Be like, treat it like that 201, 301, treat it like that class that's really important and it's going to change your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but that impatience just stands in the way of it. That impatience of realizing that of the impatience of not wanting to go in and clean that hoarder house or take that first step or do that thing always prevents people from doing more. Um, but we really like, and I know this just sounds so simple and annoying to a lot of people, but it really just takes being patient, going in, setting the right expectations for both yourself and the people in your database, planning it out properly. And what we always talk about, you have to play chess, not checkers. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a long-term game. Are you looking to have a long-term sustainable business that feeds you, makes you a lot of money and provides that freedom that everyone in this industry got into it for? Or are you just looking to hunt that next commission check? Are you looking to always be stuck in that roller coaster? Mm-hmm. And that all starts with the initial scrub. That it, and I mean, I didn't even know if scrub is a technical term. It's just something we've said for years. But it's literally like I have the visual of going in there with a scrub brush and cleaning out that hoarder house, like getting the grime and dirt off the walls and repainting and doing all that stuff. Uh, but what that scrub initially takes is going into that database, getting eyes on every single lead you have in there, every single name, whether it's real or not, um, even if they don't have a name, if it's a contact card in your CRM, you got to go in, make sure it's either updated or archived or deleted, get everyone's name, phone number, email address, their actual address, make the calls uh, and with Authentic Agent uh, and on our team, BTG, we have a lot of great resources on what to say in those calls. If that's ever a, a, a point of 
uh, frustration or fear for you, which it is for most people. Um, so you get in there, you update the notes, you set them to those proper stages, you get them on the correct auto plans. And these auto plans can't just be email follow-ups. They have to be personal touches and phone calls and commit the time. Like you said, over a course of six months, those phone calls mostly take up about 10 minutes total. But that's the most important part of these steps. Uh, and then staying on top of it. Like, how do you prevent that house from becoming a hoarder house again? You have to go in there every day and work out of it. But now you have a digital workspace. Now, as a real estate agent that's always on the go, you're able to go to this one place digitally and feel like you've done something every single day. Mm-hmm. So when you take the time to be comfortable working in there, you take the investment, the time investment, the financial investment, which sometimes it takes, like live up to it, do it. You're going to take that initial time and you're going to spend that initial money. Now work out of it. Don't just expect results because if you're just going to expect results, you're now becoming the victim of your own situation over and over and over and over again. And you never get anything from it. And you always blame that. And then you never actually work out of it. And I mean, have agents become successful without a CRM? Sure. I'm sure it's happened. And I and we see it all day, but have they have they fulfilled their potential? By no means. There's no way you're fulfilling all your potential if you're not an organized business person. It's like any other industry. If you're trying to run a restaurant, but you're not actually staying on top of what your profit and loss is and how much food you need to purchase each week and um, growing your menu and working with, uh, with your customers and making sure you're cultivating a great atmosphere. Um, if you're just trying to do the next thing, being that reactive business owner, eventually it all falls apart. Eventually, whether that's towards the end of your career after having a successful career or towards the beginning. And to be honest, in today's uh, real estate market with disruptors all the time and, and things moving at a fast pace and these crazy interest rates and these crazy markets, like you're setting yourself up for failure a whole lot sooner than I think a lot of people realize. Yeah, I think that, when I think of this, Kyle, the what I really think of is what we're talking about is the difference between a real estate salesperson and a real estate business person. Mm-hmm. And I think what we really have to do is graduate from this idea of us being salespeople, which is just this completely reactive person that's always out hunting. And we have to move to this like, okay, I sell real estate. That is a, that that is the result of other work that I do because I'm a business owner, and as a business owner, I'm building my business. Mm-hmm. And in real estate, you you're built like your business is your database. Like the healthier your database is, the more strategically it's communicated with, the healthier your entire career is going to be. Mm-hmm. It's so I'm just blown away because what we've done is we've exploited the hell out of these CRMs, right? It's just like this tool is going to solve all your problems and buy this CRM, buy this CRM, and we're going to do all the things for you and yada, yada, yada. And guess what? Failure rate in real estate is still as bad as it's ever been. We're just being sold a lot of, here's the thing is like, we're always sold the, let this technology do it for you. None of it, none of the technology does it for you. The technology can leverage aspects of communication for you, but it doesn't relieve you from your duty 
to communicate and build relationships strategically and consistently. And I think that the CRMs know that. So they just keep, the promise keeps coming. It's just like the next diet, the next diet. Oh, the last one didn't work. That's because this is the new one. This is the new one. Like, and we just go from diet to diet, to diet, to diet, never losing weight or being on a yo-yo weight, weight roller coaster. It's the same in real estate. If you want consistency, You've got to build that consistency into that database. You have to stop looking for the easy button and just accept that one of the most important roles as real estate business people is our consistently communicating with the people that matter most to our business. Well, they're, they're smart. I mean, the, there is a huge business in selling things to, to people's pain points. And they capitalize on those common excuses that we all have. Like, this is a natural thing. Those common excuses of... I just don't have enough time to do this. Or, I mean, I don't want to uh, dedicate it. I mean, it's all around time. Honestly, like the more I think about it, it's all around time. It's all around. I don't have time or um, I don't have the ability to build this stuff out. Um, I can't have the conversations. I'm already having them. People call me all the time. Like, and these CRMs go, okay, yeah, we understand that. Like, we know that you don't uh, have the time or the ability or the want or the need to be able to do this. How about I just show you, show everyone in your database how important you are and I'll do it all for you. And that way um, you don't need to do anything other than sell houses when it's like, that's not how this works. It's what we always talk about with our real estate agents as they're leveling up. Um, The one thing you can't leverage out is your lead generation, is your cultivation. That's the one piece that you have to hold on to, to build a successful, successful business. And if a CRM or or anyone is trying to sell you on something that will replace that for you. I mean, they're, they're selling you gold plated poop. (laughs) That's, that's an interesting way to look at it. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, you're right. I mean, what what was that old Tommy boy reference? Like you can box a, but you can mark a box of shit guaranteed, but all you have is a guaranteed box of shit. Like I love love Tommy boy. It's so good. Well, let's talk, I mean, let's, you know, as we, as we kind of tail off on this conversation, I want to talk about the, like, why aren't people doing this? What are the common things that that are keeping them back? And I think that we've touched on a few of them, impatience being one, um, limiting beliefs being another one, which is primarily, I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. And, and then three is you tell yourself uh, a lot of stories that aren't, they're just stories. They're not reality. They're stories to, to basically make you feel better about the fact that you're not doing it. One of those stories as well. I have the conversations. I just keep them in my head. I'm, I'm fine. And then the last one is really avoidance. Um, and, and let's work our way back and we'll start with avoidance here, but you know, for a lot of real estate agents, we're, we're friendly, we're proactive. You know, we, we talk to a lot of people, we're fine having the conversations. It's fun. Um, but as far as detail oriented as a behavioral style for us, we're, a lot of us are not that right. Mm -hmm. We're not used to managing or thinking in terms of business leverage organization, um, all of that stuff. We're just, you know, I, you know, my mom said that I was really friendly and that I'd be a good real estate agent because I can talk to people. It's just like going back to your, your restaurant analogy. 
a restaurant, like a restaurant owner doesn't just cook and deliver the food, right? Like work back from what you go to a restaurant for, which is to get the food, work back on, on all the way through that company, all the way back through how it's managed, how the food is, you know, how, you know, how much, how much food do they need on a weekly basis? Who's buying that food? Where's that food being sourced, right? Who's managing the people who's hiring the positions. Like there's so much behind a business that makes it successful. And I like, you know, in, in sticking with this restaurant theme, we are the natural result of a good business for us as a sale. Mm-hmm. The same way that the natural result of a good restaurant is the delivery of good food to your table. But mm-hmm. that's actually just one really, really small aspect of what makes that entire business so successful. So the avoidance part of it is we get in thinking we're just going to talk to people and sell real estate. And then we realize that there's these details and there's these strategies and there's this, but we have this obligation to be a business owner as well. And we can kind of take an ostrich approach to that and just bury our heads in the sand and avoid, avoid that because it can be quite intimidating, Mm -hmm. but you just take one small step at a time and you start by acknowledging like, Oh, I got to do these things. And you don't have to go from zero to a hundred, just go from zero to one on that stuff. Mm -hmm. And the, and we get it. Like the details and the organizations are not a typical strength. It's not in, in the typical real estate agents, behavioral profile as a natural thing that you do without having to work at or having to hold yourself accountable to it's uncomfortable, but it's a learned thing. And to be successful in business, we're going to have to learn new skills. We're going to have to develop new habits and rituals to support the growth of that business. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you say it's a learned thing because it is like some people just will try and throw out that excuse of, oh, it's just not me. It's not who I am. I'm not, not an organized person. I'm not a morning person. I'm not a, uh, I, I, I like, I like the, um, spontaneity of having a, a real estate business. Like, Oh, you just, you mean you like to like feel like you're in chaos all the time <laughs> yeah. and you like to not know where your next paycheck is coming from. Like, okay, uh, good luck. <laughs> those, are the, those are the things that we tell ourselves to justify our inaction, right? Sure. Like we argue for our own limitations to just to, to justify our inaction. And it's, it's pretty wild that we do that. And I, I, I guess one of the most, the two most common ones that we probably hear are, Hey, you know, I'm, I have the conversations, right? I just keep them in my head or I'm too busy. So let's unpack those real quick. Um, the, the conversations one, I just keep everything in my head. Listen, that like, that's nonsense. That, that, that really is nonsense. One, that is such a growth hindrance. Because if, if you're, if, if you want to grow a business, if, and even if you think in like, I don't want to grow a business, I want to maintain a business. Well, eventually you're going to need to get all of that stuff out of your head and into some sort of technology leverage to help you maintain that situation. But specifically from a growth perspective, keeping everything in your head is not scalable, period, full stop, not scalable. So if you ever want to do more than you're currently doing right now, you really are going to have to reconsider your beliefs in the way that you're running a business. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, the biggest one for me, keeping it everything in my head, and I don't care how smart a person thinks they are, keeping everything in your head represents a high level of risk in in business. I think the the most important thing to address in that is the more successful you become, the the more your ability to keep things in your head decreases. So if you're not 
actually realizing that what you're doing is you're telling yourself like i'm always going to just be at this level of success so i can maintain my ability to hold things in my head mm-hmm. like don't you eventually want to be better than that if you're not willing to want to be better than that then okay you've you've hit your capacity that's your capacity great i'm so happy for you mm-hmm. um, but if you ever want to be better than just what you can keep in your head then like i, I don't know i mean of course, there's the stories of like Jay-Z keeps all his lyrics in his head and he only wants to keep the good ones there and all that stuff. But it's like, that's not us. We're not Jay-Z. Like, we're not. <laughs> that's um, it's a completely different situation. This because, is... well, we're not just going after the best clients. What we're doing is trying to sell the most homes. Volume is the name of the game in our industry. Well, I, I would even argue that we're trying to build the best clients. We're trying yeah. to take regular clients and build trust and confidence and, and build them. Let's go, let, let's talk about this. Like as you build a business, like this scalability aspect and, and keeping everything in your head is so such a growth hindrance. This is why you see people start to build businesses and you go, oh my gosh, they're doing really, really good. And then boom, massive collapse, right? Because the just like you said, the more your business grows and the more responsibilities that you have, the more you try and keep that in the head, then your level of service, your level of communication, the things that got you there in the first place start to deteriorate and dissolve. And then all of the trust that you built deteriorates and dissolves along with it. So what we know as you grow a business, you also have, you're not just scaling systems and processes, you're scaling standards, right? You're, you're scaling uh, service standards. And in order to do that, you've got to get all of that out of your head into systems and processes, into automation or technology to help leverage you to do more at the same level. Yeah. And and I, I we've seen so many examples of real estate agents or real estate teams or even brokerages growing, 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 and then boom, big collapse. Grow, 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 big collapse. And it's because they're not really taking into account all, like we got to get all that stuff out of our head we got to fill all the cracks and holes and we have to think of everything as could I do this if I was doing twice as much business? If I want yeah, to do yeah. twice as much business, where are the cracks and holes I need to fill today in order for me to get there? I think that's the perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's the perfect way to end this thing. Like, honestly, it's that play chess, not checkers. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the time thing. We hear this all the time. I hear this all the time and it's not like, it's not just with database, but it's, I'm too busy. It's, mm-hmm. It's I'm too busy. And I think for me, it's never a time thing. One thing I've discovered with myself when I think that I don't have time, or certainly when I coach other people, it's never a time thing. It's always a priority thing. Well, I think it's a capacity thing. You're sure. you're expending your capacity in a place where you don't have you're expending your capacity. So, like what we always talk about is that mental bandwidth. Like so you're, you're dedicating that mental bandwidth to something that's probably a lower priority than this, but it's something that's easier to access for you. Like, um, for example, uh, you're going to spend that time um, researching a new lead that came in. Like, where are they from? What have they done? Let me look them up on tax records. I'm going to run a CMA before I even call them for the first time. Like, you're, you're expending that mental bandwidth, that capacity on something um, outside of what's necessary because we're convincing ourselves this is a right now thing or something closer to the money. When in reality, when you take the time and you prioritize this at the top and realize that this is how you get a lot of money in the future, as opposed to a little bit of money in the short term, um, you, you're always 
going to tell yourself that this isn't as high of a priority. Does that make sense? I don't know. I threw a lot of words in there. Absolutely does. And and the thing is, is when you're building your long-term prospects in your business, you're not doing so at the expense of your short-term prospects. Those two things are done simultaneously. And as a matter of fact, in the process of building your long-term prospects through through this level of communication, you are naturally going to create more short-term opportunities well, you know, through referrals and trust building and just the natural law of averages, you're having more conversations and more conversations leads to more business, period, mm-hmm. in real estate. So it's important. The one thing I'll add to this one is that a lot of people when it comes to time is they're trying to think of this in terms of how can I fit this into my schedule right now? How can I fit this into the way I do this? And the reality of it is, is you're not. You're going to prioritize from a business perspective this is what you do on a daily basis. Build, yeah. And then build your build the rest of your activities around this, the cultivation management of your database and all of the communications. One thing, I know you got to go here, but one thing I want to talk about before we wrap this up is the burning question a lot of agents have is, I have so many people in my database, it's overwhelming. I don't even know where to start. And I think in terms of making this really easy to understand, you do not have to communicate with everybody in your database the same level. We think of this in terms of ambassadors um, and champions in our business. Like there's, there's tiers, there's layers of people. And some people in your database are more important to communicate with than others. That, that's true. You have to bring a higher level of communication to some than you would with that one that lead in there that doesn't talk to you very much. But it, in reality, when we scrub a database, we do get our eyes on every lead and every contact in there. We make sure that we have an address or contact or phone number for every single person. If we don't have it, boom, that's a reason to contact them in one form or another to get it. If we can't get it, then we archive them. They're not really like they're not somebody that's really wanting to communicate with us. Mm-hmm. Step one, get all the contact information, right? Mm-hmm. So that you can communicate with them in a multitude of ways. And then, you know, as you go through that, you're just identifying your top people. Who are my 50 top people that I'm going to commit a high level of communication with per year? They should, they should be, you know, the people that give you referrals that your past clients should be in there. You know, I mean, your friends and family can be in there if they're advocates for you. Who are your bird dogs? Who are the people you can depend on? And then really commit a good deal of your higher level communication to them. And then drop it down to tier two. Who are the next 50 to 100 people that I want to communicate with, you know, with quarterly calls or some level of more manual personal communication? Believe me when I tell you 150 people at those two levels right there are going to build your business. And then beyond that, whatever's beyond 150 on to 1,000, 10,000, however many people you have in your database, there can be a certain level of automation that's sniffing those people out. And when they respond to that automation, you jump on that manually and you get in there, you start building that relationship and you try to move those people up from that stage up into your top 150 or even potentially into your top 50 if they're if they're real big advocates for your business. So it's not like every single person you're going to treat like your top 50, but you do need to go in and figure out who those people are. And you're not going to do that passively. That, that's a purposeful exercise that you go through and make the commitment to. So. Yeah. Yeah, you got to take the time to get comfortable working in there, right? Yeah, it's, clean out the hoarder house. Let's yeah. let's let's long story short, clean out the hoarder house, eat the elephant one bite at a time, get over yourself, 
just just do it, man. Then clean, clean out your hoarder house and then clean it every single week. Yeah. Should we end there? <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. No, honestly, just stay on top of it and you'll be good. But yeah. I I, uh, I appreciate you having this conversation with me. And honestly, I hope everyone got a lot out of this. Um, this could be a conversation we talk about for hours. But in reality, like just right now, go and do something and start. Uh, yeah. That's all we need to do. Yeah. All, all the business you need is in your database right now. If you've got hundreds of thousands of people in that database and you're still out there trying to door knock and do all that stuff, get in that database, clean it up, communicate with every single person, ask for referrals, ask if they have any needs, whatever it is, connect with those people. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Authentic Agent Podcast. If you feel like we're making a positive impact on our industry, you want to help us connect to new listeners and continue our journey, please rate the show and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to listen. Share our podcast with anyone you know that is looking for a more authentic way to build their business. Follow us on social media and join our community at the Authentic Agent Series website. Enjoy your journey and remember our businesses grow in direct proportion to how much we grow as people. Until next time, remember to abandon average and commit to growth if you want to obtain excellence.